Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am the Reverend Dr. TLC, and I am coming today to talk with you about dismantling racism. So welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to be with you today to help us in this process of healing racism in this country. We have seen over the last year this explosion in the conversation and in our efforts to be social justice advocates. So today I am so excited for this premiere show of Dismantling Racism, and I want to really be able to jump into the conversation and to look at the ways in which we can Uh, be aware of the blind spots that are out there that keeps us from seeing racism in this country, but also work towards healing. I know that the topic in and of itself can be a topic that causes a lot of anxiety and stress and weariness in people. And so when we began the show today, I want to start by first just asking us to take a moment to center, to take a moment to have an ease and a flow in which we will engage in this conversation. And the best way to do that is by taking a breath, by taking a breath to remind us of who we are, whose we are, a breath to remind us that we are life and we are spirit and we are divine. So just for a moment, I invite you to take a deep breath in and relish all of who you are and simply say to yourself, I am in the right place, in the right time, in the right body, in the right being and spirit to help dismantle racism. I am more than enough. I am courageous. I am ready to dismantle racism. So take a deep breath in, sit back and enjoy the show. And let's talk about how we can dismantle racism. I want to say a little bit to you, though, before I bring on our first guest, Dr. Anita Sanchez. I'm so excited to have her with me. Why I am doing this show. For years, I have been an advocate of social justice. I have done trainings on dismantling racism. And I've also done other work as it relates to just being a therapist and helping people around the wounds of religion, because as you can see from the title, I'm also a minister. But why I'm doing this particular show on dismantling racism is because last summer when George Floyd was murdered, I saw a lot of protests. I saw a lot of people coming out and talking about racism in ways that we had not talked about it in years. And each time I participated in a protest, I would say to the participants, who do you want to be when this blows over? Who will you choose to be when this blows over? Because when we're going to dismantle racism, 
It's not something that we can decide we're going to do for the moment and then stop. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So I invite you today to think about who do you choose to be? Has everything blown over for you now? Or are you committed to seeing the blind spots of racism and then doing something about it? So I chose to return to something that I had been doing for years and then elevate the discussion, take it to a broader audience, because I want to help as many people as I can wake up, become aware, and then figure out what to do. So for me, I think that there are three essential components to healing racism, and that's being connected with your sacred source, whatever that is for you, taking a look at yourself, and then how do we extend that out to others? So those three components are looking at our sacred relationship, our selfish relationship, and our shared relationship. And I know that word selfish kind of sticks with people sometimes, and it's a little provocative for folks, but it really is about our self-examination, our self-transformation, so that we then can promote racial equity in the world. So today's guest, Dr. Anita Sanchez, knows a lot about that, and we're going to get engage in this conversation of dismantling racism with one who can help us understand the history of racism in this country, where it all began. So I'd like to welcome to the show today, Dr. Anita Sanchez. She is from the Nahu, and if I pronounce it wrong, she will correct me, uh, and Mexican American uh, tribes. And she's a transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, and author. And she is the best-selling author, international best-selling author of The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. She bridges Indigenous teachings with the latest science to inspire and equip women and men to enjoy meaningful, empowered lives and careers. She's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council and board member of Bioneers Evolutionary Business Council and the Pachamama Alliance. Alita Elite, ah, excuse me, Anita leads an annual journey into the sacred headwaters of the Amazon. She is passionate about inspiring people to discover and trust their gifts so that they become a life-giving connection to people and the planet. I love that, Anita. I love it, love it, love it. Anita's company is Conscious Company Media 2020 World Changing woman and world woman foundation hashtag she is my hero that was an award that she received and so we'll be telling you how you can connect with anita a little bit more at the end of the show but for right now i want to welcome to my premiere radio show dr anita sanchez welcome my friend Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here and totally honored to be your first guest. I'm so, so excited, Anita. I, I really just um, value the work 
that you are doing to heal uh, not only the racial divide, but just healing in general. And I love that you bring in the work of the indigenous people. So we are going to just jump right into the conversation. And I just want to begin by talking a bit about the sacred, because for me, where, however we define the sacred, it is important that we be grounded in something bigger than ourselves. And we all have different names for that. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit, if you will, about your connectedness with sacred. Yes. Um, if, and then from the indigenous perspective, uh, I grew up with both the earth-based, the indigenous perspective of what is sacred, as well as the Catholic, the Christian. And um, in the indigenous, everything is sacred, everything. And there is only one hoop of life and everything is in that. Now that doesn't mean everything acts in a sacred way all the time, but in that one hoop of life, what we understand is we are part of everything, part of nature, uh, relatives to each other. And so it only makes sense that we have access to what is greater than us because we are part of this whole. And of course, I also grew up Catholic. And some people say, well, how can you be both? Well, I, uh, I think a lot of us are, we're able to manage that. And what I took as my growing up and uh, going to church, and, and I still to this day say the rosary twice a day in the morning and at night, along with my chants, along with reminding myself uh, of my connection to the winds, to everything all over the world. So um, it's, uh, I can't imagine in every breath, and I truly mean this, with every breath, I am reminded of the sacred because I do nothing on my own. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Mm -hmm. That whole stream of things you introduced me with, I just, I'm smiling here, but it's not like smiling, pounding on my chest. And I'm not talking about false humility. I did work to get through those things. However, I had so much help, including just the plant relatives who are allowing me to breathe. So, and, and I love that. I love that, that hoop that you're talking about. I mean, and I, and I know you talk about your uncle describing that hoop when, yes. in your book. And I think for those of us who are profoundly connected with our ancestors and with our communities, we understand that we do nothing along. And that starts with the sacred source that dwells within us. And I always like to talk about just that breath as you said, it reminds us of our sacred source. It reminds us of spirit that lives within us. And so I'm wondering, how do you connect your, uh, when, when you think about that sacred source, how, do, how does it help you connect with this work on racial equity and social justice? It means everything because it allows me to that knowing that I am part of the sacred, that I'm far more than the physical circumstances that are around me. It's not that I deny those, but I know the possibility that there's something greater. So even though my finite senses may say, oh, this is impossible. This is just horrible. I thought last year was horrible. Now this other horror is happening and I can get caught in my brain about, oh, ain't it awful, ain't it awful. Yes, be present to what is, but being connected to source allows you to see your way through like an eagle an mm -hmm. eagle lands it has to focus inward to in order to see what's going on and to have its nutrition its food but it also can soar 
And mm-hmm. connected to the sacred reminds me that I also am expansive and not just right here. Mm. And so uh, it's so I, I can't imagine, I truly cannot imagine not having that worldview. And I call it, I'll call it a worldview for other people to understand. And that, and there's, there's really two big distinct worldviews that I think exist. One is that you're separate. Mm. It's uh, over simplification to individuality. And the other is that I'm connected to everything. And, and to say that is not an escape from our, our earthly things that we need to be about, which allows you and me to do this work. Right. But that sacred allows us to be pulled by that knowing of something greater, that vision, that possibility that um, we can create a thriving world for all our relatives. Mm-hmm. Well, I really love that. We, we we're actually are going to have to take a, a break here in just a few seconds. But when we come back, I do want to just tap into that just a little bit more. This idea of um, the, how the sacred source helps us in the work that we're doing. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Anita, prior to the break, we were talking about the sacred in our lives. And I agree with you in terms of, I don't know how people get through some massive things they have in their lives without that sacred connectedness. And for you and I, we're able to look at some of the atrocities that happen in this world because we go to that higher spiritual place rather than just staying in the moment of the chaos that's going on. That's one of the things that really helps me to have this conversation about dismantling racism. And so I'd like you, if you would, to talk for a minute, because we do want to talk a bit about the history of racism in this country. And as an Indigenous person, you know the atrocities that were, um, you know, put on your people at the beginning when folks came here to this these Americas and claimed it as discovering America when actually there were people here before. And so let's talk a bit about the history of racism in this country, but I'd also like to even talk about how you have been able and your people have been able to maintain the indigenous spirituality because the history is that um, when folks came to America, they Christianized the First Nation people and called them savages and had them to cut off their hair and really didn't honor their practices. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, I would like to start with just saying that when the settlers came, they came where there was huge civilizations here. We did brain successful brain surgery before Europeans. We had aqueducts through the desert that no one's ever seen. We've had solar, solar housing. You can still go to our places. We had ceremony, incredible, powerful religious uh, ceremony and rituals that connected us to each other in the earth. And then 1492 happened. And that happened, and there is a connection to religion. And in that the doctrine of discovery was a papal, a Christian doctrine that basically said that those Indians, those Indios, they have no souls. They're not human beings. So they could do to whatever. So Christianizing us, uh, some of them did. Some of them just outright killed us, uh, took the land. But those that did Christianize us, it was horrific um, in terms of what they did to us. And you already named some of those things. We would we were all forced later to residential schools, and that was a way to beat the Indian out of the Indian. So many of us do not speak our language, and so many of our languages are lost of the 560-some tribes that are still left if we're talking about the U.S. Um, if we're talking around the world, it's 6% of the whole population are indigenous, and we have losing languages all the time. So we've had, we've had treaties coming out of our, 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 our understanding of our connectedness, we created treaties with uh, the U.S. government, and hundreds and hundreds of treaties have been broken. And so how do we deal with this? What we are told in our prophecies, um, some prophecies 600,000 years ago and some newer prophecies, is that there will be challenges. However, continue your ceremonies, continue your dances, continue in community. Those are direct statements about us staying knowing our wholeness, that we're not only the physical, but we're also the spiritual and connected to that sacredness. Mm -hmm. And so I will tell you, just in closing on this point, is that I have been suffering 
because just during this COVID period, not to be involved in sweat lodge, not to be involved in Sundance and some of our sacred ceremonies. And I felt very so sorry for myself. And then what came through again were the ancestors, was the sacred saying, you can have now compassion and understanding of the strength you come from because my ancestors were forbidden for hundreds of years. Many of them hid to do their ceremonies, to practice their sacred uh, beliefs and, and rituals. That were and I, I, I'm just feeling so moved as you're talking about that because, you know, as a, as a person whose uh, ancestors were also stripped of so much of our heritage, it is so important for us to be grounded in our history. And sadly, because we were stripped from our heritage, now they're also, even, even the folks who stripped us of it have lost out on something. Because think about how amazing it would be if we could incorporate the teachings of the indigenous people, the teachings of the African people, the teachings of the Asian people, the Latina people, like everybody, if we could incorporate that, we could be so grounded in who we are and connected with one another. And so for us who come from this community oriented place, I am because you are, you are because I am. And then we all are because of this deeper connectedness with sacred and with the creations and all of that. So tell me from your perspective though, and, and, and I would love you to speak from you as uh, Dr. Anita, but also from maybe the indigenous people perspective as much as you can, you know, how that there's this maintaining of hope, how there's a maintaining of healing for this country and this world. What are some of the things that you've done with your own transformation? You mentioned it earlier about you've done the work on yourself. Talk to me about the work that you've had to do yes. in order to continue in this work of social justice, but also to extend your hand to other folks who might have been uh, who might be the ancestors of some of those people who stripped. Yes, us exactly. And stripped Thank you. you. Yeah, so um, yes, well, th so the reality is that every one of us has challenges, hurts, and mistreatments. And some of us are for whole groups of people, like for African Americans, uh, Black people all over the world, as well as Indigenous people. For me as a person, I. A part of what, uh, how I've dealt with this is, I, fortunately, from the beginning, I had elders who were teaching me. But at the same time, I also endured years of childhood abuse. And then at age 13, my father was murdered. Uh, and it was race-related. He was dark-skinned. And it was in the 60s. And he would go and have a beer after work. And earlier that day, a black man and a white man had an argument. And the white man returned and fired three bullets through his head and killed him. Now, a lot of people would say, whoa. And, of course, we were economic poor, all sorts of things. That's, that's more than enough. However, it is from the practices, it is from both dreams as well as the sacred, knowing I'm part of the sacred, that allow me to do the hard work. I'm not going to call it easy because I don't want to. I don't want to fib to your to your mm -hmm. audience. It's mm -hmm. hard work. But I came to the point of using gifts from the elders uh, for sacred gifts: forgiveness, healing, unity, and hope. And that forgiveness one, I will say, was a huge difficult part of the work, but it's what freed me. 
mm. from not forgetting what happened, the murder of my father or the abuse that occurred. But what it did was saying, hey, I'm more than just my past circumstances. I do not forget it. I will still seek justice, but I'm putting my energy here and now for what I want to create, which is this hoop to help us remember that we are part of this one hoop. And also we're part of this hoop that's creating the circumstances for the generations to come. So, so I, I wanted, I, I, can I just, just yeah, kind yeah, of jump yeah, in yeah. here for a second? I love that. No, I love this, this idea of talking about forgiveness, but one of the things that you said that I think is so critical is that we still seek social justice yes. for what has happened Absolutely. because all too often I find that when something happens to us as a, as people of color, People want us to jump to the forgiveness mm -hmm. piece, particularly because I'm a minister. I think right. there's this idea is, are you going to forgive that person? And so I think two things are important here. One is to work on the process of forgiveness, which you spoke about. And two, forgiveness does not mean that we will not seek justice for what has happened. But I find it interesting that oftentimes, and I'm going to say white people, because this has mm -hmm. been my experience, want us to jump too quickly to that, like understanding Absolutely. of forgiveness. Why is it the people of color? We've got to be so quick to- No, forgive. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're absolutely right. People don't understand what forgiveness is. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness, they think forgiveness means forgetting. They think forgiveness means being disloyal or weak, uh, disloyal to your whole group of people. But forgiveness doesn't mean any of that. Forgiveness just means that I love myself enough that I will let go of the energy hanging onto that so that I can use the energy for now. And I will tell you, like you, I'm one of the most active for my whole life on social justice. For 40 some years, I've formally done, been doing diversity, equity, inclusion work uh, in lots of places that people wouldn't even go. But nonetheless, it's, it's understanding what that really means. It means forgiveness really is a pathway to your own freedom. It's a pathway to unconditional love and it is the passcode to your divinity. But when white people, I will say in particular, uh, or maybe even us people of color to each other want us to jump to forgiveness. Are you like, whoa, slow down. That's mm -hmm. like saying, well, we want to have a baby, have the baby. We've got to go through the pregnancy mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot of stuff. And in this pregnancy of human relationships, we have caused lots of obstructions to a healthy birth, to a healthy community. And so we're undoing that. And that's what I love about your show. It's like, you know, un uh, dismantling the racism yeah, and I and I have to tell you, it's it's so hard because like I just you're saying so much juicy stuff. And it's hard for me to contain myself over here, but I and I'm absorbed with what you're saying because what we're talking about really is yes, we're working towards forgiveness, but forgiveness and that reconciliation process also requires something often from that other person doesn't mean that they're always going to come and they're going to ask for that but you know sometimes folks want us just oh just forgive them oh yeah no and, I, and and that's being a little bit too um hasty as you're saying but it's also not dealing with the root of the problem and and I just want to say this I know that we're going to be um going to break in just a minute is that um that this this whole sort of idea of 
of working through forgiveness for our country when we say we've never done this, been in this place before. It's just not true. But we'll talk about that when we come back uh, from the break. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Dr. Anita Sanchez. And Dr. Anita, before the break, we were talking about this idea of forgiveness, but also um, I was thinking about how often I've heard the term that this isn't our country. We've never been here before as outrageous as it's been over the last uh, year or so. And people, when they when they saw what happened to uh, George Floyd, his murder and the protest, and then they saw what happened with on January 6th, with the basically trying to take down the government, they're like, this is not our country. It's most certainly our country. And at the beginning of the show, you talked about what has happened to indigenous people. We know the atrocities that have been um, uh, not only for indigenous people, but the enslaved 
Africans who were brought to this country and other individuals as well. And so it, it most certainly is our country. But we don't stay in that place. People of color typically don't just stay in this place where we're walking around every single day with this profound hatred on our hearts. And so you began to talk about this forgiveness piece. And I wonder how do you as an individual, because I'd love for you to speak to our audience, to help our audience to understand, because sure, there's anger about what has happened to our people and other people of color. So what are some things that you do to care for yourself and to also to continue to extend yourself to white people and other groups? Because the show is also about healing. So how do you take care of yourself and deal with all the stuff yeah. that we hear, all the craziness that we hear when people are saying racism no longer exists and all of that other stuff. Yeah, or I don't see color or uh, you know, all that. So what you're saying, I totally agree. This is the stuff that is happening is not new. What is new is that it's being able to be seen in such a massive way all over the world with the technology, but it's not new. Now the real answer is, are people going to step up? And so how I, how I, um, care for myself, as I told you, the, the ritual I do every day, remembering and every night, but also understanding I see so many of us of color and also white allies who are trying to do this work. There are five things that all human beings need to thrive. And I see us falling short on that. Mm-hmm. So the five things that I see is that breath, which you just talked about, we need to do, some people are doing shout, we need to deep breath, take, bring in, understanding we're part of the sacred. We also need rest. How do we think we're going to be effective activists? We don't get any sleep. We're so stressed out. Water, nutrition, and community. Community is so key. I'm not, I do not believe I'm, I am an individual, but I'm also part of a whole, a whole society, a whole, and that community, I, I don't separate myself from that community. So in part of how I take care of myself is staying connected to my indigenous brothers and sisters I have 121st cousins, so that's right in itself is is a lot to do, but also reaching across all the differences. You and I have a relationship. Black folks and indigenous folks have a relationship. Not all all the genocide, all the enslavement and stuff that happened to us, but when we saw, indigenous people saw what these other human beings were doing to these dark-skinned human beings, it is recorded. We went in and rescued Black folks. So a number of your folks are also indigenous, not only to Africa and your tribes there, but are indigenous to the people here. Well, I, 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 Always I, had this. I know. And I so appreciate you saying that. And that's what's so important about knowing our history, that we are deeply connected. Because one of the things that happens is that the world seeks to divide us. But when we remember the circle that you've talked about, and when we remember Mbutu, that like I am because you are, you are, we're, we're really not all that different. And we all, for me, come from this divine, sacred being. But I grew up in Mississippi. And so we always had the, the indigenous people's names, the First Nation people's names, like uh, Natchez Trail and all of these things, or, or really... I would tell you, most Black folks would always say, I got Indian in my family. And they're like, look at my hair. I'm part Indian. Like, it's always been a thing in our communities that we would talk about, but maybe not even fully understanding the history 
Yes. And, and, and if you think about television, for instance, mm. it's hard to look at. Now, I love Westerns, but as a conscious person, when I look back on some of the Westerns and I see how the, the Native American people were treated, you know, and they were always talking about fighting the Native Americans. Well, why were you fighting the Native Americans? The story was always told from the, the side of the conqueror. And we, I want to say, particularly as people of color, we have to know our history. And that really is a part of our self-care is being able to know our history and being informed about who we are so that we don't walk around downtrodden and we can walk around like these um, the sacred beings that we are. But I also think that it's important for white folks too, to practice self-care in this work, just like you said. And I love the way you, you laid it out because I don't want to discount this idea of community for all of us. We cannot do this work alone. No, we don't. That's an illusion. This illusion of separateness is what's dissolving. And for white folks, I, I want to say absolutely for people of color, because we have to learn that. It's not as as prevalent in schools we're still to this day trying to fight to have our stories told in there and not just the conqueror story which is uh we can get into a whole nother thing about that but also for white people that this is important to note even when all these horrible atrocities there weren't enough but there were always some white people who were trying to undo and trying to protect to the best they could but at the same time, we all have so many things between each other that need to be healed. So we need to know our history, not to get stuck in it, but as indigenous people were always taught is that if we do not know what comes before, our skin is numb, our skin is dumb, and we will act as if today comes out of nothing. Today doesn't come out of nothing. So when people say, well, and I've heard this a lot in business, let's just start from a level playing field. Well, that's fine. Let's start from a level playing field. But that means we need to dismantle a lot of the structures and policies and everything that you have going now that cause certain people to get jobs and not get jobs, certain people to be able to get educated, not educated, certain people to buy houses at higher rates than other people. I mean, there's so many things. I, I mean, I love that you're that you're calling that out because you don't even know what the level playing field is. If you don't know your history, if you don't know some of the things that you just pointed out, for instance, that when people of color are getting loans, their interest rates are a lot higher. And so therefore, when they do buy a house, for instance, all they can afford to do for many, not, so I just want to be clear, we're not talking about every person of color, but for many people of color, who are in that situation, they can only just afford to pay the mortgage on the house, but not even afford to pay to keep it up because there are differences in terms of redlining, there are differences in terms of education. And, and throughout our show, um, we will be talking about some of those, not today, but throughout dismantling uh, racism, we'll cover some of those things. But how can we get to that level playing field if we don't know what we're dealing with. But I want to go back just really quickly to this point, particularly for white folks who are listening. There have always been white people to help on the journey, journey of dismantling racism. And there have been people who were abolitionists. There have been women, I also want to point out too, 
who have been involved in this. And so I often tell white folks when I'm doing trainings, don't stay stuck in the shame or the guilt. It's about doing the work and don't stay stuck in the anger. Because what I found is that in my work with dismantling racism, I often find a lot of white people are really angry about what's going on in the world right now. And they were angry because they didn't know the history of this country, which I have my thoughts about that as well, right? But let that anger propel you to go forward to figure out how do we dismantle racism? Don't stay stuck in it. Yeah, that's a piece of it. And another piece, and speaking to those who may be listening who are white, one of the things that I say is part of your work is to go back to where you came from. Now, I don't mean literally go back, but know your history because there's a myth, an untrue myth that is here too, that all the white people came over because they were adventurous, because, you know, they were all on the Mayflower. The Mayflower wasn't big enough for all these white people that supposedly were on it. No, most of you came because you were hardship. There was religious persecution. There had been already at that point centuries of horrific horror brutalization of, of, of your own people. You need to go back to apologize to the land, which is part of the sacred that you left. And I realize some of you may have been here hundreds of years, but I mean, even just in your mind and you go back and apologize and learn about your ancestors of how they came here. Cause I think it's hard to see the pain in someone else's children's eyes, if you can't even see the pain and struggle in your own children's eyes mm-hmm. and the not knowing as, as we're both hearing so many white people, I didn't know. Well, now you do. So great. So now how do you know more? You know, there's ways to keep, now that you know, you can keep opening that up. And part of it is not staying in your privilege, at, which is part of that illusion is that you know everything. You don't, none of us do. So part of this is a journey for us to really reclaim our humanity. And what helps us do that is understanding our sacredness. Mm. I love it. I love that you keep, we keep going back to the sacredness. But one thing that I want to say, there's a, there's a term called Sankofa, which means going back and retrieving, right? Going back and retrieving those kernels of knowledge that you need to carry you over into the future. And Sankofa isn't just for people of color or for people who are of African descent, it's for all of us to go back and to retrieve. This is so exciting to to continue this conversation. We do need to take a break again. And when we come back, we're gonna really talk a little bit more about how do we continue to carry this work out, our shared humanity with one another. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. 
McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Dismantling Racism with the Reverend Dr. TLC. Today's guest is Dr. Anita Sanchez. Dr. Anita, it's been so great talking with you. And on our final uh, moments together, I would really love for you to um, talk to us about how do we begin to heal our shared, uh, our race relationships We've talked about having a shared humanity. And when you talked about the four sacred gifts, you talked about forgiveness and the power to heal, the power of unity, the power of hope. Can you just say a little bit about each of those three things? Yes. Well, the promise on those things was uh, 27 elders from around the world came together. And this is called the Eagle Who Prophecy. And they knew we were in serious trouble was happening in spirit set build a hoop with a hundred eagle feathers and put these four gifts in there for all humankind, not just for indigenous people, for all of us to remember, to remember that we're whole. And so the four gifts are forgiveness. And we talked about forgiveness and how powerful that is. And it doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean you don't seek justice, but it means you put your energy into now rather than be imprisoned by it from something in the past that did or did not happen. So we don't forget, we learn from, but we put our energy now and going forward. And then the power of healing. Healing is a process, not an event. And I know you know that. And so every day when people, oh, I got, no, I get to heal again. Well, it could be a small little hurt. It could be a big one, but I get to heal. And we know there are a number of things always present, at least as I've studied indigenous things that are present for healing to happen. I'll just name those four quickly. Listen. We don't know something needs healing unless we listen to, to learn that it does. Um, supportive relationships, unconditional love, and get into action. It requires moving, action. So forgiveness, healing, unity. We've been talking about unity. And people want to go there quickly. And so we do all have experiences of being in healthy unity. So explore those, but realize that it's a relationship and it takes uh, it's two-way. It's what we talk about is reciprocity. It's not just one way. And that's what I hear some folks who are very much caught, not so much in community, but about this very strong individuality without regard to the whole. 
there's that we need to, to, to create that unity and um, it's happening all the time. And if you're, if you've been hurt so badly by two-leggeds, by human beings, then I'd say one of the places to start is nature because we're part of nature too. And you can build that trust and then learn to become in unity. A lot of things fail because we're not, don't know how to collaborate and cooperate and we need to do that. And then the fourth gift they gave us all so that we can remember how to create harmony and balance, how to understand to be in right relationship with each other is the gift of hope. And it's the kind of hope that's in action. So not a hope in terms of some people write about and say, oh, that's Pollyannish, it don't get you anywhere. No, I'm talking about the kind of hope you know. It's coming through from the sacred, from our ancestors. It's coming through our own internal that, and, and in nature that's saying, hey, you have an infinite ability to have hope. You can give it away. Nobody can take it from you. And even in the most dire circumstances, I've been in there with murder of my father and abuse and all that. And I have hope in that. That energy source is incredible. So to that, I suggest for people, for us to do this work, you got to continue to have a vision because pain will push till vision pulls. And so you have to have that vision and the sacred makes that so big and powerful. So all these four gifts, not one is more important. We have to use them all. People want to start with hope. And unity, start wherever you want. But I have worked with many people. And what they found out was, you told us that at the beginning, that the <laughs> hope and unity could be a big vision and we could have lots of followers, but it could be bigger. I said, yes, do your healing, do your forgiveness, and you will see it become even more expansive because we have actually imprisoned ourselves with that and have the systems and structures that are in place that are racist that help to keep that there. We do not have to, we do not have to accept that. Yeah. Use the healing and the forgiveness so that we can be in unity and hope in the biggest way that earth itself and all of us are calling for each other to be. And, and Dr. Nita, I just want to thank you so much for those, those powerful, um, for gifts that you have embraced from your ancestors. And it's really important for us to always maintain hope. Thank you so much, Dr. Anita, for joining us. We are going to end with Dr. Anita's uh, giving us a blessing in right relations. We're going to play the song as we end, but I just want to thank all of you who tuned in today to the show. I want to invite you to please tune in afterwards to the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz. And you are so important to dismantling racism, continue to maintain hope. And we just thank you so much again, Dr. Anita, for your time. Anything you want to say real quick about In Right Relations before we play it? Just listen to the words. And if you want to get it for free, you can go to foursacredgifts.com and download that song for free because I think you'll want to hear it multiple times. And we will have links for you for how you can contact Dr. Anita after this. Be well, everyone. And until next time, this is the Reverend Dr. TLC, and this is Dismantling Racism. Thank you for the blessing that's coming in right relationships.
become a river. Let the river go to sea. Let the waves carry us to shore. Let me all just run free. Let me all just run free. Oh, oh, oh. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoke Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 